All right. <clears throat> Merry Christmas Eve to you all. It's good to see you here tonight. Uh, here it's about uh, almost 60 degrees out there and getting warmer. So it's going to be a California Christmas. <clears throat> tonight we're going to be reading Isaiah 9, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about <clears throat> Christmas. It begins like this. But there will, be bo- there will be no gloom for who, her who is in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulon and the land of Nephtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. <clears throat> the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwell in the land of deep, deep darkness, on them light is shown. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as the joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as in the day of Midian. And we'll stop there. The passage that we're looking at tonight is really appropriate for a candlelight service because it's talking to a people that are dwelling in darkness. And uh, the people of Israel, they're in a a gloomy uh, point in their nation. Uh, There are threats looming on the outside. Assyria, the great empire, is threatening to defeat them. Uh, The the nation is divided internally between the north and the south. And exile looms on the horizon. So they're in a very, very dark place. They're fractured, they're weakened, and they're broken. And maybe that's where you find yourself tonight. Maybe tonight you're in a dark place and you find yourself fractured, broken, and weakened. Well, what Isaiah does is he comes to the nation and he comes to us in our darkness and our brokenness and he says, God is going to save. God is going to bring his Messiah. God is going to redeem. God's going to rescue you. God's going to bring his light into your darkness. But the question for them and for us is, well, God, how are you going to do this? What is it going to look like? God, how are you going to save us? It looks so bleak. It looks so impossible. God, how in the world are you going to save us out of this darkness? And what what Isaiah says is that God's going to save you in a way that is very unexpected. Nobody's going to expect the way that God's going to save. And I want to draw your attention to verse 4. Because Isaiah says that as the day, this little phrase, this little uh, verse here where he says, God is going to save you and God's going to rescue you as on the day of Midian. So he says God's salvation has come just the way it came on the day of Midian. And so the question is, well, how did God save on the day of Midian? What is the day of Midian? Well, it's a great little story if you hadn't heard it, and I want to tell you the story uh, tonight. Way back in the book of Judges, It was a dark time for the nation of Israel. And uh, they were invaded by a great nation uh, called the Midianites. And the Midianites were nomads, and they brushed across the nation of Israel, stealing their crops and their livestock, leaving the people of Israel in poverty. They were very, very broken. And this nation dominated them for seven years, the nation of Midian. And there there was a man named Gideon, Uh, in Israel during this time. And uh, Gideon, uh, his strategy was to lay low, to stay off the radar of the Midianites, and simply farm the crops for his family quietly and not to to make a lot of trouble. But the angel of the Lord came to Gideon 
And the angel of the Lord looked at him and said, he said, uh, uh, he said, get up, O mighty man of valor, God is with you. And Gideon said, God is with us? Well, if God is with us, why would Midian be dominating us? I don't understand. What do you mean God is with us? And the angel just looked at Gideon and said, get up, go in my strength, and save Israel from Midian. And Gideon said, whoa, 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 not me. I can't do that. I'm a nobody from a little family. And so he put out a fleece, and God gave him a sign, and finally Gideon decided that he would go and try to rescue Israel. And to his surprise, Gideon gathered an army of 35,000 people. And things were looking up. He was feeling very confident. Still, the Midianites uh, outnumbered them five to one, but you know, it looked like they might be able to stand a chance. But then God came to Gideon and said, your army's too big. He said, go to the men and say that whoever's afraid can go home. And out of the 35,000 men, 22 or, or 25 went home. And it left Gideon with 10,000 men. And God came to him again and said, it's still too big. Take the men down to a river. And based on the way they drink water out of the river, those are the ones who are going to fight. Well, 300 men drank the water correctly. And so Midian with his 300 men, finally God said, okay, there we are. Those are the men that are going to fight the great Midianites. And so on a dark night, Gideon took his 300 men out to the valley where the Midianites were camped. And they were so numerous, the Midianites were so numerous that the Bible says they look like locusts there in the valley. And their camels look like, they're like the sand on the seashore. But Gideon said, I want, I want you to go out. He told his men to go out on the hills around the valley where they were encamped. And he says, don't bring a sword, don't bring any weapons. I want you to bring a jar of clay. And hidden underneath it, I want you to bring a torch and a trumpet in your other hand. And so they went out on the mountains surrounding the, 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 uh, the Midianites, and at the signal, they all blew the trumpets, they broke the jars of clay, and the torches shone bright. And the Midianites walked out of their tents, and they saw all the lights surrounding the, the uh, valley on the mountains. And the, the Lord confused them. They ran as fast as they could out of Israel. And that was the day that God defeated the Midianites, and the Israelites didn't even have to, to raise a sword. It's a story about how God saves out of human weakness. And so Isaiah says, this is how God's going to save the world. This is how it's going to be when God brings his Messiah. God is going to save the world out of human weakness. He's going to bring his light out of human brokenness. And so he says, God saves not by bringing a great army or with lots of wealth and a great king, but it says, God is going to send a child. Unto us, a child is born. The Savior of the world is born a little baby. And not just any baby, it was, it was Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus was born to Mary and Joseph. You know they were peasants living in a backwater town. And they rode into Bethlehem. There was no room for them in the end. And Jesus was born in a cave with a low ceiling in a feed trough. This is the way God saves. And then Jesus grew up and he, and, he, and he ministered around Galilee. He was a man who lived in poverty. He had no money. And he ministered to people on the margins. And he was on the margins. Until finally Jesus was turned over to the Roman government and crucified on a Roman cross. A death that was reserved for criminals and slaves. 
So Jesus, an insignificant man from Nazareth, who reached out to people in poverty on the margins, who died a foolish, weak death, is God's way of saving the world. God brings salvation out of human weakness. And that's what Isaiah is trying to tell us here. Now, this means two things for us tonight. Uh, here's the application. Number one, it means that if you're not a Christian here tonight, if you don't know Jesus, the way that you can be saved is only through your weakness. The salvation Jesus brings is the salvation of, of weakness. The way he came, the whole way he died, it shows that the way God saves us is only by us admitting that we are weak and receiving his grace. Christianity is not a religion for the strong people. It's not a religion of the noble quest and working your way out. Christianity is a religion for those who will admit that they are weak and they need God's grace. As one old theologian put it, for with Christianity, all you need is need. And so if you're sitting in darkness tonight and you don't know Christ, realize this, that the way you are saved is through weakness. All you need is need. All you need to do is reach out to the one who died on a cross and receive his grace freely. But you have to admit that you're weak. You have to admit that you can't do it. You have to admit that you're stuck. But this also means something for us tonight who are Christians. It means that all of our weaknesses and all of our extremities are opportunities for God to bring his salvation into our lives. There's a little verse in, in the New Testament where Paul the Apostle says this. <clears throat> He's alluding to the Gideon story in the jars of clay. He says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> but we have this treasure in, er, of jar, in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life, that the light of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. In other words, Paul says, those of us who belong to Christ, the, the, the places where, where Jesus shows up in our lives, the places where the light of Christ shines brightest in our lives are so often those places of brokenness, fracture, and weakness. Now, we're usually embarrassed of our weaknesses. Jesus loves them. We usually try to hide our brokenness. And Jesus says, this is exactly the place where I shine brightest in your life. There's one point where Paul the Apostle had a weakness in his life. And uh, nobody knows what it was, but he talks about it in 1st and 2nd Corinthians. He says, uh, I had this weakness, and I prayed that God would take it away. And some people thought it was he had bad eyesight. Other people thought it was he, had, you know, he couldn't walk well. Some people said it just was he was simply ugly. He had a unibrow and a big nose, I guess. But he asked God to make it better, and God didn't. And finally, after God is not taking it away, and, and Paul asking God, please take it away, God finally looked at Paul and said, no, listen. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And 
And so when we think about Christmas, when, when we think about the salvation Jesus brought, this weak Jesus, this lowly Jesus, this child that was born to us in a stable, I want us to think about our weaknesses differently. And tonight, I don't know what you're going through or where you feel weak, but we're going we're gonna to light some candles. And as we light the candles and, and as you hold that light in your frail hand, I want you to think about your own weakness. Maybe that thing in your life that you're embarrassed of. And as you hold the light, remind yourself is that, that this is where the power of Christ is made perfect. This is where his light shines. And so I'm going to light a candle here. But first, let me pray. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you tonight as we remember the salvation that you bring, a salvation that you brought out of human weakness. And Father, we thank you that the salvation that you've given us comes out of us admitting where we are weak, where we need you. And God, as we continue to uh, live in this world, uh, lives that demonstrate weakness all over the place, we pray that you would made, be made strong. Lord, that your redemption, that your might, that your salvation would be made perfect in our weakness. And as we light these candles tonight, we pray that you would remind us of your of your light, Lord, in jars of clay, broken jars of clay, your light shines. It shines in the darkness. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to light the first candle, then I'm going to pass it around. And as we do so, the band's going to come up and sing Silent Night. <laughs> 